Well, if you were the New York Giants, who are you choosing to be your starting quarterback at the beginning of next season? Daniel Jones or Tommy DeVito? We got all that and much more for you on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, football fans, and welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast, breaking all down all the biggest stories from around the National Football League. Here is a part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And of course, we appreciate all you everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day here on Locked On NFL. It's Tuesday, so you've got your NFL experts here at Locked On. Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on your favorite social media. Myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. We appreciate you very much for being here with us. Today's episode of Locked On NFL brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked in NFL, we're going to tell you why we think Patrick Mahomes was wrong in terms of what he said to Josh Allen about the worst effing call ever situation that he <laughs> that he put out there. Uh, we're also going to be taking a look, and that'll be part of our yike and our like. We're also going to take a look at an improbable Tennessee Titans comeback against the Historically so. Dolphins. Historic. Yeah, it was a really, really good stuff and really great stuff from young quarterback Will Levis. But to kick us all off, we're going to talk about a different young quarterback, Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants coming up with a last second win against the Green Bay Packers. And I have to ask, Luke, if you had the opportunity to start Daniel, not the opportunity, if your only option, the opportunity, <laughs> if your only options at the beginning of the 2024 season, if you're the New York Giants, are to start Tommy DeVito or start Daniel Jones, all things being equal. Uh, contract-wise, things like that. Who are you taking in this situation? Because I'm going, I'm going Tommy DeVito. I'm buying in a hundred percent. All right, full-on Italian stallion. I don't want to hear it. It's Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Relax. All it's right. not Tommy DeVito. It's a hundred. It's not Tommy, Tommy Cutlets. All right. Uh, <laughs> he's this. There's been more games than this one, man. That this is a. It's a fun moment. Like, look, we're recording this mere minutes after the uh, Monday night football doubleheader hit triple zero. So we might I'm be a little wrapped it. up in the moment. You're feeling Ooh. it. Um, he has had like, he has cost the giants opportunities to win. Like he has been the reason the giants do not have an opportunity to win other games. And as much as like, I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I haven't believed in Daniel Jones. I'm pretty sure giants fans hate me and I'm all right with that. Uh, I don't know. But I'm not going to be like secretly the backup is better. Well, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. You're all, you're all, I'll take my apologies. Single file line. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's not great when the guy you just paid a $40 million a year contract to is like three months into the first season of that. And we're going, but what if the backup's better? That is an undrafted free agent that uh, is had like his second hero moment of the season. Um, 
I, I think we just we got a little bit of backup. This this whole season's been like some backup quarterbacks hooping, you know. It's true. It's true. We've seen it there is a sustainability element. I guess that's what mm-hmm. I the, what I'm trying to get at here. Very cool. Deserves all the credit in the world for leading a uh, an improbable win against the Packers, who haven't lost in December in like three years. Like it's crazy. I actually I think I'm underestimate. Peter Bukowski has the real stat, but they haven't lost in December in forever. Yeah. Improbable win. They were not favored. They were at home in their throwback unis, clutching it out. Love to see it. Very cool moment for Tommy DeVito. But if you are asking that kind of question, the, sh- the who should they start? Who should they? Yeah, you're kind of asking a version of what should they do moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the actual like useful question. Um, and and you have to look at the sustainability of it. You can say great game. Can you string two or three of those together without having a, a piss down your leg catastrophe? Mm-hmm. Show me that, right? Um, that doesn't take away from this game. You you can credit him for this game, but when you start asking long term questions, you need long term data. Yeah, I got long term data. See, you 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 trying to bring up old stuff. You want to bring up old stuff? I want to bring up older stuff. Daniel Jones has been bad, 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 bad for a long time, and I don't understand like this team's commitment to Daniel Jones. And I understand that there's a contract and all those other things. Look, Daniel Jones is probably going to be the starter for the New York Giants at the beginning of next year. Although Patricia Trainer over at Locked On Giants kind of you know has hinted towards the idea that we may have already seen the last of Daniel Jones. So for me, like if you're already asking that question anyway and if there's already a conversation have being ha- that's happening around Daniel Jones not being back in New York next year and then you see a guy like Tommy DeVito go out there and uh, you look you you had the entire MetLife Stadium doing the Italian hands everybody was celebrating the the team rallied around him the receivers rallied around him Saquon was out there balling out with him although Saquon had that weird like kind of trip over fall and fumble situation but like yeah. you could feel sort of all of it the energy around him and look maybe it's the prime time lights maybe it's the nature of the game and its correlation more than it is causation but man I've seen a lot of quarterbacks go out there starters backups reserves and otherwise in those types of conditions and not be able to do what Tommy DeVito did against a pretty solid Green Bay Packers team, as long as you're talking about offense and defense. I don't know what it is about the Packers and their inability to ever get special teams right. It's criminal. But yeah, to they see got Rich Passaccia over there. I know they like, like special teams. Yeah, they've done everything to get better there, except for get better. It, it's the wildest thing. Like the fact that we had to watch the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers both play special teams at the same time in prime time felt like it, it's it's offensive. And I'll never forgive yeah. the NFL for making me the second that. worst Nixon tape in American history. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but for me, man, like I, I'm buying in, like I'm ready to see more Tommy DeVito. I reserve the opportunity to change my mind and, 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 you know, obviously be able to like accept new information and all that, but just understanding that like that underlying undertone of conversation around Daniel Jones is already happening. Seeing a guy like Tommy DeVito go out there with very little preparation, very little opportunity, opportunity to actually like get ready to be a starting quarterback and doing what he's doing right now as a UDFA guy, much like Chicago got very excited about Tyson Bajant. I know, but 
when you're already asking the questions about the quarterback and you're seeing something like this, I think it makes it a little bit easier to make that tough decision around your starting quarterback, especially in an NFL that always wants the cheaper option. If they can justify the cheaper option, eventually being better in their brains. You ever hear the old chess adage about how like an amateur will give a grandmaster more problems than like an intermediate player will, Mm -hmm. because you just don't know what they're going to do. I feel like that happens with backups sometimes where either you don't have a lot of tape on them or mm-hmm. um, you know, they just kind of start playing outside of a structure because they aren't as adept at making plays in structure as their starter is because they don't have the same reps and they don't have the same comfortability with their, their receivers. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes that happens with backups and that's why sustainability is such a, an important thing to me. I agree with you that I love what he did, especially against the Packers. I love seeing the Packers suffer. It brings me a lot of joy. I know you um, love that. You got to love it. But (laughs) if you're going to go with Tommy DeVito, you're making a bet that he can do it again. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if I buy into that. As cool as this one was, I don't know if I buy into doubling down and saying, let's go for another one. Um, I I got to, you know what that said with Giants fans, enjoy this. All right. Do the gobble thing all you want uh, because it's fleeting. It's the NFL. It is always fleeting. That is the secret of the NFL. It never lasts. So enjoy it while you got it. Uh, go, go, go ham. All right. No apologies. And guess what? If Tommy DeVito lays a, lays an egg next week, then be glad you enjoyed it and don't ever apologize. But I will say this, uh, in terms of EPA per play, uh, I think adjusted for certain, um, stuff like throwaways and, you know, the kind of the obvious stat stuff. Mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito is second to last in the league among 44 quarterbacks who have played uh, over a hundred plays. Can you guess who's last? Oh, is it Daniel Jones? It is not. Daniel Jones oh, is like middle of the pack. That would have been amazing. Who's last? He, Daniel Jones is not the best Giants quarterback on that list. Though. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Taylor's of it. Yeah, <laughs> let's go <laughs> to the Giants. If, so if you're giving me those three options, I'll go with Tarad for sure. That's fair. That's uh, fair. <laughs> it's Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, nothing's nothing's going right for New England. Outdueled by Mac Jones, who yeah. just edges out Mitch Trubisky. It's rough out here, man. It's rough. It's rough. But all I'm saying is a win against Washington, a win against New England. And now you've got a win against Green Bay. Something's going right. Something's going hey, right with the Giants That's cool. and with Tommy DeVito. And Way to draft 10th overall, man. You did it. There you go. There you go. Um, and something went really right for the Tennessee Titans, too. Speaking of a, a, a place that might have found its next quarterback, here's a legitimate conversation around a team that probably found its next quarterback in uh, Will Levis. And let's break down uh, that improbable and historic comeback for the Tennessee Titans knocking off the Miami Dolphins in Miami. we got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on NFL, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on NFL is brought to you by Game Time. Y'all can probably hear a little bit of the, the hoarseness left in my voice as I was at a Vikings game this weekend, getting loud on the road. And uh, booking tickets for that game, I wish I knew about Game Time when we did it because it was a nightmare. We were a little bit late, and by a little bit late, I mean only five months before the event, and we were a group of five people trying to find five tickets next to each other, five seats next to each other was so, so, so hard. I super wish you had game time because game time, all you got to do is give them the section. They will pick the row for you, and and if you're good with that, you can get 
on average, 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the best place for last minute tickets, flash sales, finding those tickets that just went up on the exchange that are going to go away in two seconds, but you just catch them at the right time. That is what is beautiful about game time. They're made specifically to navigate that part of the market and make it a little bit easier for you. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N N F L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. Big thank you to all you everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can also go and check out the Locked On Sports Today stream, uh, YouTube's first ever national sports 24-7 YouTube stream. Just search Locked On Sports Today on YouTube today. Go subscribe. Be a part of history. So the other game, I don't want to call it the other game because maybe it was actually, it ended up ending second. Uh, but might have been the more exciting game, the Tennessee Titans coming up with an improbable victory over the Miami Dolphins, who go from 9-3 and three to 9-4, and four, further complicating their matters in terms of vying for the top of the AFC. But the Tennessee Titans getting their first road win of the season with Will Levis on a 14-point comeback with less than three minutes left. I think there's no doubt in my mind that the – Tennessee Titans have found their next quarterback after swinging so many times uh, for Will Levis. But this almost has to have – I really want to start this conversation off with the Miami Dolphins because this this kind of – well, no, I'm sorry. Let, let's, let's stick with the team that won here. The, the Tennessee Titans get this done, and it's huge. And historically, yeah. it's massive. So this was a historic comeback because no team has ever been down 14 points – with less than 255 left and one without the game going to overtime. Oof. Teams have made those comebacks, but they've always needed overtime to do it. The closest thing, this is from Quirky Research on Twitter. Uh, the closest thing came from the 1976 Raiders in a game against the Steelers, where they had uh, two minutes and 56 seconds left down 28 14 when they scored a touchdown got another touchdown with just over a minute left and then actually got the ball again and kicked a field goal to, to win that game and the reason that it happened is uh one of the big like nerd things right they went for two down eight yep. that's what you always say now here's the deal this is it is very unprecedented to see teams win like this because it's hard to score two touchdowns with that little time left but when you do so yeah. Don't go to overtime and go for two down eight and win, right? Right. And the math for that is fairly uh, rudimentary. If you think about it, um, the only way that... Because if you don't get the first, you go for two down eight, right? You, you score your first touchdown, you go for two. Because if you don't get it, you can go for two again. And you have a 50-50 shot to recoup, yeah. right? So the only world where you get burned by doing that is the one where you miss both two-point conversions, if you crudely think about them as 50-50 propositions, that means you got to lose two coin flips in a row. That'll only happen a quarter of the time, so it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and and you can you know win the game without having to deal with overtime. I, I think that's part of it, and that's the kind of high-variant stuff you have to do when you're a big underdog on the road. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that I love about this game for Tennessee, too, is that like this game was won on the backs 
of Will Levis in the passing game. Will Levis comes out early on, throws a pick six on a screen deep in territory after Tua uh, Tagovailoa and um, Liam Eikenberg, the uh, starting starting center, got injured. Liam Eikenberg comes in, just a, a fumbled exchange on the snap. You know, you're trying to adjust to a new center, all those other things. And then, so Tennessee gets the ball pinned deep in their own territory. Will Levis throws a pick six on a screen pass. And at that point, everything could just melt down. Then you fast forward. He's now like completed a ton of passes. He's like got good ball location, good anticipation. He's extending plays, doing the things that you'd like to see that the Tennessee Titans want to see Will Levis do. And the things that set him apart from guys like Malik Willis, as well as, of course, Ryan Tannehill. And then near the end of the game, everything kind of starts to melt down again. You get the the, the the fumble faux pas. We mentioned how bad special teams has been for Tennessee as well as Green Bay earlier when we were talking about that game. Uh, you get the fumble. Ten, uh, Miami scores off of that. Then you have the fumble on the pitch to uh, de- uh, to um, Derrick Henry, which really was just kind of high and hot. Like it was, it was would have been really tough for Derrick Henry to field that. You get the fumble there, the recovery. Miami gets back on the board again. They extend that lead, and then it's looking like, oh, okay, well, this one's done. And it wasn't the run game for Tennessee, which is what we've talked about Tennessee for the past what five years, six years. Like everything about them has been defined by their run game. Derrick Henry, 17 carries for 34 yards. That's it. Two yards per carry. Tajay Spears, the talented rookie from right here in New Orleans, seven carries for 29 yards. But this really all came down to Will Levis keeping this team afloat, staying calm, maintaining composure, marching the team down the field. uh, uh, um, DeAndre Hopkins contributing. Nick Westbrook-Akine contributing. These guys getting out there and being able to get it done through the air. And then they pull off this 28 to 27 upset against the Miami Dolphins. And dude, look, I look at the Miami Dolphins as a team that I picked as my dark horse Super Bowl team early, early on in the season. I love this win for Tennessee because it's just a resilient type of win that I think you put the stamp of approval on on what it is that you're building. And then you continue to move forward from here. This is one of those big time confidence building Uh, momentum building wins that won't have an impact for Tennessee this season, but definitely impacts the way that they approach their Mm -hmm. offseason and get ready for 2024. And I think for the QB, especially right. Rookie QB, you've struggled. You struggled in that game a little bit, right? The interception early, the pitch thing, which for me, that's like, that's the stuff that you should be able to take for granted at the pro level. And you just can kind of never mess that up. Right. Um, And it just is going to make you a little nervous going forward, but when you get a dub anyways, you can kind of forget about that a little bit easier and move on from it a little bit easier. I think that's, that's everybody's psyche is different, but I feel like that tends to help. And what a dream of a weekend for the Baltimore Ravens Dude, as the Dolphins real. lose chiefs, lose Jaguars, lose Baltimore. Now at 10 and three sole possession of first place in the AFC and much deserved, much deserved. Like, they had now they had to navigate the storm a little bit this past weekend going into overtime and everything like that. But I, I mean, it's it, how it goes. It, it's it's the NFL, right? Like it's that whole it's the the any given Sunday trope or whatever. Ain't I no mean, style points. That's it. We don't man. have a college football playoff committee. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Right now, the Ravens might not even be in the playoffs if that committee was voting for things. Uh, yeah, man. I I I just it all works out great for them. It, it, it creates a lot of conversation now around the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars and trying to keep pace over in that division. 
Um, you know, Chris Clark was on this show just yesterday, hosts one of the co-hosts over at Locked on Chiefs, talking with uh, Kevin about like, look, if things don't shape up, the Kansas City Chiefs look like one and done in the playoffs. That means that like, if that were to actually happen, you're talking about a new crown in the <laughs> AFC here. And, and yeah, and currently in slated to position. play the Pittsburgh Steelers wildcard weekend. So it might be a little, might need to go a little deeper before. They yeah, let's call it, trouble. let's call it, let's call it two and through, right? Not, yeah. not one and done. It's two, <laughs> two and through. I think you're good if you catch the Steelers. You know what I mean? I think you'll be all right. I think you'll be all right if you're the Kansas City Chiefs in that case. Um, but we still get to dunk on them because they're being idiots right now. Yes. And, and namely, well, I don't want to call them an idiot. So I'm going to give I a little will. bit of space. I'm going to give a little bit of space between that word and what I'm about to say here. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was wrong. <laughs> and, and we're going to tell you why as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked in the NFL, part of Locked Up Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on NFL is brought to you by DoorDash. Incredibly clutch thing in the middle of the football season, especially if your teams may be playing a night game or playing in the afternoon. You get the, the tummy rumbles, but you're not going to get up and go uh, cook dinner. You're in the middle of a game. You got to get that delivered directly to your door. And for me, it's been a great way for me to find local places in my area that I can, I can even walk to and do the pickup option or get it delivered directly to my door if I don't have time. But there are these places I would have never stumbled across if uh, it weren't for DoorDash because I just like don't go down that road or whatever. Great stuff. A lot more around you than you might think. So if you want to get in on this, you can get up to 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. That's code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and then spend 15 bucks or more on that order. Subject to change, terms apply. All right, everybody, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on NFL with the weekly tradition here on the Tuesday episode with Luke and I. It's our yike and our like. Luke, let's get right to the yike here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was wrong, man. Tell us why. Man, Chiefs, the whole Chiefs are doing it. It's I'm, they're being That's idiots, true. right? It's they're not just being it's, idiots. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the whole Chiefs. That's true. It's Andy Reid. It's every, like they, they they are unified in being wrong together. So here's the deal. If you if you missed it, uh, Kadarius Tony scores a touchdown on this really cool hook and lateral play in what would have been the game. It would have been the go ahead touchdown in the game with like a minute left in the game against the bills. Instead, it gets called back on an offsides penalty on the offense. Kadarius Loney, Kadarius Tony lined up very clearly offside. Very clearly. Um, so five yard penalty, wipe the touchdown off the board. Chiefs end up getting stopped on a fourth down and the bills will win that game. Uh, tough break. The Chiefs' brains have completely melted out of their ears on this. So Patrick <laughs> Mahomes incensed on the sideline, throwing his helmet. He is uh, visibly says like worst effing call I've ever seen, or so, or maybe Josh Allen said that. In, no, he in said his, it to Josh Allen when they did the handshake after the game. Yeah, yeah, is, they like that's just they, yeah, and and Josh Allen expressed some sympathy, like oh that was a weird call, man. <laughs> but Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, and then he gets up on the on the podium and he just rips into the refs. Andy Reid rips into the refs. Now I'm I'm all for some good old fashioned ref ripping. All Any right, day. that's an, an American pastime. Um, <laughs> but I want to explain this situation and 
what is supposed to happen and, and like where the expectation is different. So when you are a wide receiver, you will see wide receivers do this every play. If you look mm-hmm. for it, they will look at the, at the ref and they'll point at the ref and be like, am I good? And the ref will be like, yes. Or they'll, they'll say, no, you got to get back, whatever. There was a, a play. I don't know if you could have seen it on the TV. Mm-hmm. I believe it was on the Vikings game winning field goal in their three to nothing win over the Raiders. Exhilarating. The, exhilarating. The Raiders entire line was lined up off sides to begin that play. And I could, uh, from where I was, I could see the referee, the line judge jumping up and down and saying, you guys got to get back. You guys got to get back. You guys got to get back. Um, and they all got back and they figured and like one of them saw and they figured it out and they got their up. That's what the ref is supposed to do. They're supposed to warn you because ultimately as a referee pace of game is like your kind of job. So, yeah preventing penalties, preventing the stoppage of the game. That's going to be, that's, that's what you want. Uh, but Kadarius, Tony, there's actually a clip where he looks at the ref and then looks back before the ref can answer if he's good or not. The ref's <laughs> like, no, you're not good in the pool report that line judge, uh, or that the head ref was speaking for the line judge and the line mm-hmm. judge said, uh, through that conduit, he was blocking my view of the ball. That's pretty egregiously offsides. And ultimately, the warning is a courtesy. You're supposed to warn them, yeah, but it's a courtesy. And yeah. ultimately, it's on you to know where the hell you are on the football field. Yep. So at the end of the day, you may get a little annoyed that there was a miscommunication, but your dude, by the way, King Bozo of the NFL, screwed up and cost your team a game against a, a possible, probable playoff team. Yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes is mad at the wrong guy. Now, in his heart of hearts, he might be mad at the wide receiver, and he's expressing it in a, 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 a an acceptable way by not calling sure. out his teammate. Uh, which, sure, like you do, you. Um, but I still get to yike you. Yep, yep. Consider yourself yiked, Patrick. <laughs> Consider yourself <Jeez>. yiked. That's- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds yeah. so bad. Why yeah. does? Jeez. Yeah. It's the, it was the delivery. I'm going to give myself credit for that one. And put myself <laughs> one about. Um, <laughs> all right. Let me do speak of delivery. I'll deliver my yike. My yike's pretty easy. It's the NFC playoff picture. Last week it was the NFC South. Now it's the NFC. The NFC is disgusting. It's gross. There's six teams right now. That's tied at six and seven. Um, five, five of five of them are in contention for the seventh seed wild card spot. Two of them are NFC South teams. The reason being three of them because, are NFC South. Well, teams. no, no, because oh. only two of them are in contention for the NFC for the seventh oh, I seed. See. Because one of them's busy holding the fourth seed in home field advantage <laughs> in the first round at the moment. Everything about the NFC is gross. It's disgusting. And then you look at teams like Miami Dolphins took an L this week. Uh, we watched the the Green Bay Packers kind of fall behind in that in that conversation a little bit. Fall back like, into the six and seven glut, right? Yeah, yeah. Now they kind of uh, you know add to that number, and so it's you you got the Rams sitting at six and seven after their loss to the uh, to the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. You have a three way tie at the top of the NFC South. It's gross, it's disgusting, and I love it, but I hate it. So yike, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I love it because it's going to make for really really good yeah. games. One of the these teams of the wins out. And gets to be the hottest wild card team. Like one of these five, six is going to win out and be 10 and seven, and everyone gets excited about I it. I still say, bar the NFC South from the playoffs, give it to an AFC team that deserves it and and move on. Move <laughs> on. Give it to I Houston, not... who currently is not in at yes. seven and six on yes. tiebreak. Give it, give it to a team that deserves it. Uh, let's get a little more positive. My like is going to go 
to the uh, current number one vote getter in the locked on MVP. That's right. Ratings. Yep. Dak Prescott. How yep. about get hot in December, my dude? It feels like this is the finally like the vindication of all of what the Cowboys have, have been kind of telling us and Cowboys fans have been telling us about Dak. Like we promise he is better than what, what the success of this team would tell you. It's just that it's Mike McCarthy's fault or that he got unlucky with tipped turnovers and all that. But we, we promise he is the promised one. He like, he is the chosen one that will take us to the, to the Super Bowl, And he finally looks like it yeah. by absolutely sticking it to the Eagles uh, on Sunday night football. And it has not just been this game. He has been, so we want to talk about sustainability. He is yeah. absolutely Model on fire. It. And the MVP case is not a difficult one to make. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, it has been, it, it's been a difficult one to make because no one has separated themselves. I feel like Dak just pulled way ahead, way yeah. ahead over the course of the, uh, of, of December so far. So I'm with you on that one. I love that. Um, my light goes to the Chicago bears. Sorry, Luke. Um, but really just the defense, the, the thing that I love about this. Oh story, no, they did something bad to the lions. Yeah, no, I'm in for this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you really saw it. You really saw it this week. Um, yeah. this was a really good example of a team that got off to a slow start over on the side of the football and, and the head coach said, you know what, let's change it as opposed to doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Like they're going to get better at being, at doing the bad thing that they were doing. Right. Mm -hmm. They were kind of playing this sort of like cover to middle field, open shell over on the defensive side. They were lacking in pass rush, all this other stuff. And they said, you know what, <laughs> let's just change it. And so then they switched to sort of this middle of field close, which basically just means a middle of the, like there's a safety in the middle of the field, cover three heavy, defensive approach. Lauren Cox has a fantastic breakdown about this over on Locked on Bears. They trade for Montez Sweat, who just had four QB hits in a single game, which is probably more than the the than the Chicago Bears um, defensive line had cumulative before they traded for him. He's got three and a half sacks in the last five games or so since they traded for him. The pass rush is ticked up. The coverage is looking good. They didn't let Jalen Johnson out of the building. That's been huge for them. Young draft picks and in recent acquisitions like Tremaine Edmonds is a recent recent acquisition Jaquan Brisker like these guys have just kind of come together reformed what it is that they were doing did not sit around and say yeah we stink when we do this but we'll get better at doing that thing I promise they said no we'll change it they swallowed that tough pill admitted that they were wrong to begin with quickly made themselves right. I love seeing that from an NFL team in a non-stubborn sort of, we can make it the adjustments necessary to get better. I will, I will hand it to the bears just this once, but mostly because one. it happened to the lions. Yeah. Yeah. Take some pride in that. Yeah. No pun Good intended. Job. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they took a pride. All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. We appreciate you very much for joining us here for another episode of Locked NFL. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Power rankings are back, as well as, of course, the biggest questions. James Rapine, Chris Carter, getting you all caught up with everything that you need on a Wednesday. And Luke and I, of course, will be back next Tuesday to get you ready. But we appreciate you very much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every single day. For Luke Braun, I am Ross Jackson. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.